0: As well, happy Sunday. For those that are tuning in live, for those that are tuning in whenever you're tuning in, having an incredible day. Every day is a chance to get a little bit better. That's the beauty of life. The beauty of life is that we have the opportunity every single day to get just a little bit better. God's patient. We're the ones that have no patience, we want everything to happen immediately. We're the ones that can't stand online. We're the ones that can't sit in traffic. God's got all the time in the world. He wants us to grow every day a little bit better. And if every day we grow a little bit more, we're in the right direction. And we've been talking last week about this idea of happiness. And my hope is that this week we delve into it further and really try to understand it in a much more specific way. I think, happiness is one of those things that like is prone to a lot of sayings and maxims and all these like sort of like you know memes and when you see them they make a lot of sense but it's hard to apply them like you ever see like happiness is a choice you're like great i'm choosing happiness and then you go through your day you're like why wait i chose happiness like i i I asked for chocolate, like, why am I not feeling happy, right? Like, there's a lot out there where it seems really simple on the outside. Just choose happiness. But when you put it into practice, it's not the same as, like, just choose the whole wheat muffin. Like, it's just not the same. It's an emotion. You can't just choose an emotion. It comes. You don't know where it comes from. You don't control how you feel many times. You just feel. And as much as you want to be happy, and as much as you want to be empowered, it's much more difficult when you're in the game. So let's, let's, we're going to take, it takes time. We're going to take time. So hopefully you'll be here with me for a while. Not too long, but we'll be there together. Um, And really start to delve into it together, to understand it. So let's first understand sort of what we're trying to fix. And when we understand what we're trying to fix, I think it'll allow us to zero in on the work that we have to do. Many times, like we spoke about here on the show a lot, when, when, we, when we're generalists, when we walk around with an M16, we just shoot everywhere. And growth really is a specialty item. It's the sniper gun. We have to look into the scope. We have to measure twice and cut once. We have to be very, as careful as we can to understand what's going on in our minds. Because as it is, our minds has got billions of neural connections. And if we're going to create some general response, it's not going to go anywhere. This morning, today, in, in, in synagogue, in shul, a guy came up to me. He saw a video that we did over Tishabov um about unity. And he said, I watched it with my family. And then... We were all like, yes, we're going to do it. And then like, he's like, over the weekend, I, they're, they're fighting again. I'm like, guys, we just saw the video on Thursday, right? It's Saturday. It's so hard, he mentioned, to actually put something into practice. I'm like, you're right. This general concept is really difficult. So how does happiness work? So let's begin. And we started last week talking about this. So hopefully it will... We, we can review very quickly and move on anytime you want to figure out what something is, you always got to begin with figuring out what it's not because most things in life that are not easily identifiable, you can't put your hand on what it is, right? It's, it's, you know, what's love. It's, I don't know. You tell me, is it, is that feeling love? Is that feeling love? Do I have love for this person? I love for that person. Right? Like, is when I grew up and I watched I heard all these songs about love, is that really love? right? Like it's very complicated the, the the feeling of love, so you have to start to understand what it's not. Is it lust? Okay, it's not lust, okay, so there's a lot of emotion that now got put to the side as people feel connected to some other people and now can identify that that feeling inside them that somehow feels different is not love there's such a thing of love at first sight i don't know well it depends on how you define love right so first thing you got to be doing is sort of cutting away and at least creating buckets of feelings that when you zero in on what it is it'll make it easier so figuring out what something is not is just as important as figuring out what something is and what we spoke about a little bit last week and i want to make sure we can begin the discussion with is happiness as a as a manifestation of achievement meaning you don't have it and then you get something your goals and then you get it so if we define happiness as the feeling we get after we cross the finish line first after we achieve our goals, right, then happiness isn't a choice, right? It's an accomplishment. And I think this is one of the great mistakes. Now, we have a, a, um, a mitzvah, a commandment. We see this throughout Torah. We see this from the works of a great rabbi named Rabbi Nachum from Breslov, who says we have an obligation to be always happy. In Jewish thought, happiness is constant. Maybe we're in. I spoke last week, we're in the middle of this month that is a month of destruction, and we're being commanded to reduce your happiness, not to eliminate your happiness. And if you go through the research, it's, it speaks to the same concept, which is you don't really achieve happiness after something. Right? It's not that you get something, and then you get what's called happiness. And that, by the way, is a huge potential mistake. Because when I'm little and I'm feeling the pressure to accomplish the grade of whatever I'm in, elementary school, and I'm sort of being told or taught that the reason why I am not happy, or once I cross the finish line, then I'll be happy, or once I achieve this thing, or when I look at my screen and on my screen are smiley people that all seem to be happy because they're accomplishing something, right? My brain starts to create these connections between the gold medal around my neck and the smile on my lips. And then I start putting two and two together. Like okay, the guy in the corner has is, is got his head down because he's unhappy and he's crying. If I want to be happy, it's the gold medal, right? That person who's in the middle of all these friends and like they're taking a picture on the beach. Like, they're smiling because that means that they're happy. I got it. Popularity. Right? It, it, it has to be that this family is happy because they're picture perfect. Look how much. It, these are things that we go after. Now, it's so critical that we do this. Because getting things in life can contribute to your happiness. It's not like you get something and you're like, this is terrible but there's a difference between contributing to happiness and giving you happiness. It also can contribute to your downside as well or whatever. It's not depression, but your lack of happiness, right? For every person who achieves a goal and feels happy. Once that goal is over, they ultimately drop down. Now, this is research that I I heard in the name of said by a professor named Gilbert, Dan Gilbert. As I'm speaking, I know that Andy's out there already Googling. So I'm sure within moments on all chats, you will see. Dan Gilbert spoke about this study in which they, it's like the real incredible study they did. This is like earth shattering when I first heard this. They tracked individuals with very different sort of peak experiences. Okay, so they tracked your happiness levels through whatever, feedback and how happy you are. And they sort of gave you some metric to determine how naturally happy you are. Like a regular day. You're very happy, mildly happy, whatever. So they tracked these people that are happy, okay? And then what they did was they went back and they tracked people that had a peak experience and a, what we call, say, a valley experience. An incredible thing happened or a negative thing happened, Okay. So they go out to these people and after they had this amazing experience, they would track them how they felt and then they would track afterwards, okay? So someone goes through this incredible experience, they would interview them, euphoria, right? And then they would just keep on interviewing them to see how they're doing for weeks later. What do they track? In university, there is a concept called being tenured. Being tenured is sort of like achieving the gold medal of that academic institution you're on forever you have a whole new slew of benefits you've achieved so to speak what you've been after so they went to professors that became tenured and it's a long process and when you become tenured in the academic world it's like the equivalent of like when you win a championship in the nba world right so they went to these professors once they became tenured and they track their happiness post-tenure as soon as it happened and they found that they like if you can look at the the, the the chart like spiked up incredibly happy as you can imagine they went to bed that night they couldn't believe it the next day was a party for them they couldn't believe then another cocktail party another cocktail party another cocktail party that's how these things roll right like I remember when I was in uh I was in a law firm when I started my career it was a very fancy schmancy law firm and um and a friend of mine who was much older than me had made partner the year after I got there yeah there you go Andy already posted it um they made partner. And I remember like that whole week he made partner was like it, it was like out of a movie. Like there's a cocktail party, then there's like a nightly cocktail party, then there was like a department cocktail party. Like it was guys, like, like it was like unbelievable. You make partner at like a law firm, and like it's a month of like you know, clinging glasses and like everybody going here, here for he's a jolly good fella, you know, saying like that was like life. I don't know if they still do it or not, but that when I was and I wasn't in in, in law firms like a hundred years ago. So That was life. So I'm saying like when that happens and you achieve something that it takes at least in law firms, eight, nine, 10, 12 years to accomplish, like that month you're like, okay. Then they follow them for, for weeks later. And they found that what's surprising is the happiness dropped right back to what they had beforehand. Now they didn't know them beforehand, but like they put the two and two together. So basically it's, it goes back on the continuum that you had beforehand. So if you were a happy person and you achieve this incredible peak it helped, but you got back to where you were before. And if you are an unhappy person, that month where you became a tenured faculty member, you were off the charts, and then it sort of trailed off. And they went to people with what we call valley experiences, terrible things happened, in this case, becoming a paraplegic. So that is a life-altering, incredibly challenging event. And as one can imagine, when that accident happened, there was a tremendous dip. In their happiness but what they found was shocking was that the people ultimately reverted back to their happiness level so you have two different types of people someone with a major peak and someone with a major valley and somehow both of those people revert right back to their normal state of happiness and the research supporting what we knew in timeless antiquity of course our timeless lessons our our torah knows what we're talking about but they both seem to be saying the same thing you can't expect your happiness to change based on events now it'll inform it for sure but it won't alter it now once we digest that I don't mean like digested because somebody memed it. I mean digested because it is backed in spiritual in spirituality and in science. So now like we've to like digest it. Like no matter what I'm going to accomplish, the happiness of my life is a different muscle that I need to start working out. I remember when I went to years ago I had a pre, a personal trainer that beat the living daylights out of me oh my gosh and I remember after a couple of workouts me being like why do I feel pain in this part of my body and he's like oh because we just worked out a muscle you didn't know you had that's why you feel pain I'm like oh okay I hope I need it one day there's a muscle called happiness that we don't even know it's a muscle the reason we don't know it's a muscle is because like any like we spoke about when we did the self-determination theory right like we don't know anything we just know whatever society puts in our minds what do we know we we're 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 digesting the world some book says maybe some meme said maybe some video said maybe some speech said maybe that's going to like how is that going to compete with 15 years of digesting a world That sends us a thousand messages a day that says, you see these people? You see how happy they are? Look, look how, look how white those teeth, look, look, see that? Mm -hmm. You can get that too. Just come here, do this, go here, do this, buy this, buy this, buy this, buy this, this. you should do this, you should do that. How are we going to know? When people need to get likes on their Instagram page, so they take 17 pictures of their family. Meanwhile, they're like, can you sit yelling at their kids? If you don't, if you, I'm going to, everybody, smile. And then you look at the picture and go, wow, what a gorgeous, happy family. It's because they're, they're on vacation. If we had the money to go where they went, we'd also be this happy. The concept, there's a muscle called happiness that isn't formed by accomplishments. Of course it is. Accomplishments aren't diver- they're, they're not They're not totally divorced from your happiness they're part of your happiness it's part of your life but where society seems to place happiness is right past the hill always watch little kids when they get the next toy they're just so sure they'll be happy until a week after they're playing with that next toy and if you're raising children and you keep on buying them things to be happy. And you don't train them that happiness is something that is going to be how you make yourself feel. Which we'll get to over the next few few times together. But we've got to first decide what it's not before we can figure out what it is. We've got to just first for clear the, the, the landing for us. Because at the end of the day, whether you make it or not, it shouldn't impact your happiness. And for great people, it doesn't. i I met these people i know people who are genuinely happy and so let me sort of like let me go even one step deeper now let's define happiness like we're going to talk about it on the show here we're not going to talk about happiness in like the jolly sense we'll get there but not now we're going to talk about happiness in the empowered sense I don't mean like jolly, like you're dancing and singing and like you're happy. Like you can just like break out and dance. Maybe we'll get there. Uh, I don't mean that. When I mean happiness, I mean you are empowered. You are self-generating hope, empowerment, optimism. And those are three different words, but I'm just trying to get to a feeling. The feeling I'm trying to get to is empowered. People that are empowered are what I am using the word happy. In Hebrew, it's called simcha. It doesn't mean jolly. It means empowered. There are people sitting in a funeral and they're empowered. They're not dancing, but they're not disempowered. And it's very different. The emotion that we need to figure out how to tap into consistently is empowerment. Because if you can be constantly empowered, you don't have to worry about whether or not you are, you are dancing and singing every second. And empowerment, as Rochelle just said eloquently, is an inside job. Empowerment is a piece of the, the motives. I don't say the motives. It, it's a piece of the motion that we generate and use to continue pushing forward. And I like I said to you I think on the show once before, that you know, I when I was younger, especially when I was watching more sports, I remember when I would watch, I'd always look for the faces, never especially football, I would always look for the faces of the quarterbacks and the sidelines when their team just were de- just when the other team scored a touchdown against them and late in the game. Like you can tell, like some of these quarterbacks, they're on the sidelines, and the other team just scored a touchdown, and it's 50,000 people, and they're away, and they've got, you know, 116 left on the clock. And there's a certain, some of them have like a certain, like, excitement, like an empowerment. Everything's against them, people are cheering against them. The season's on the line. The owner wants them to win. Their contract is at risk. If they throw an interception, they're going to be the laughing stock of the entire city in which they live. Their kids, everything is riding on the line, and they're down, and they're almost out. And there's like a look that they've trained themselves to have of empowerment, even in challenge. So that's what we have to get to. We have to get to the place that we're always moving up. We're always, it doesn't go like this, highs and then steady. It's got to go like this. We've always got to be moving up and up and up and up and understanding what makes me empowered, understanding where my happiness lies. Because if I can get these emotions down and understand what muscle and what do I got to touch to sort of build that muscle up, and ultimately, what is in front of us, the circumstances in front of us, stop becoming as relevant as they are. Okay, we'll talk about it. We're not going to have a Q&A today. Hopefully, we'll pick it up midweek. Um, but we'll talk about it this week. We'll talk about it this week. Now stick with us. Uh, as we, we try. To, this is important. I think this is important stuff. We get this. Oh, wow. A lot to do. A lot to do in this world. And we don't got any time for disempowerment. I mean, who has time for disempowerment? All right, we'll talk about it, especially during this period of time where it seems like there's some serious challenges around us. Hope all is well. Thanks so much for tuning in. With God's help, I cannot wait to see you again tomorrow.